Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Two Girls. And a few thoughts. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So it's Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. How's it been going? What you've been up to? Well, first of all, I have no idea what day it is. So (laughs) thank you for letting me know that it's Wednesday. That's cool. You're welcome. Um, Yeah. You know, you do you have a purpose in life. It's cool. So super fantastic. <laughs> yeah, there's there hasn't been too many crazy things going on in life. Just been working and hanging out. It was nice to hang out with you guys on the weekend and yes. get a chance to just do some fun things. Right? Yeah, seriously. Oh my gosh. Like I can't believe just how much like eating we did. Like literally what was that? Like at least five hours of eating and Five hours. And eating. Seven courses oh of God. just pure amazingness. Huh? So good. So, yeah, so, so we got to shout out Nick's Palette on Instagram. Yes. One of our good, good, good girlfriends who is chasing her She's dreams and just... Finished a course in culinary, and now she is doing the damn thing at a Michelin star restaurant. Just absolutely amazing. There's something to be said about chasing your dreams and pivoting when you feel that urge to pivot, having no fear, or having some Mm -hmm. fear, but pushing past it nonetheless. I think that's amazing that Nikki was able to do that for herself and chase her dream. Absolutely. Whenever I think about her pivot, I always think about two things. One, when a couple of years ago, you were like, her next um, phase of her career is going to be as a chef. I mean, and like, we were like, yeah, sure, whatever. I mean, she's always like cooking and doing these like private dinner parties, um, but it didn't really seem, I guess, like that evident at the time because it's like, she's an architect. This is what she's going to do. Um, so you definitely had such a vision for that. There's like this really cool word, you know which word I'm talking about, where it's about if you can see in the future, it's like perspicacious or something. I think it's such a cool mm. word, um, but I always am afraid I'm going to like mess it up. Anyway, so that was like very <laughs> perspicacious. <laughs> and then the second part of it is just like the beauty of like timing. Just think about mm-hmm. if the pandemic didn't happen and if we did not all like kind of take this break from the world for two years like that thing as horrible as it has been like created this beautiful path for her to like chase this thing that she's interested in so it's really really neat i mean she's such a creative force such an amazing cook um and just all around good human so i am very excited for the rest of her journey and and all of that fun stuff Yeah, I mean, I think the best part of it is that we get to continue to test all of her dishes. And she comes up with some new idea and she wants to have a dinner party, we're always going to be down. So it's a great fringe benefit of being friends with a chef. Oh, my God. It is the absolute best. I mean, you really just can't ask for more in life, like a permanent taste tester. Yes. Hello. Sign me up. She should start making ice cream. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she does, though. <laughs> Knowing she that, she literally girl. should 
start making ice cream. And as soon as we finish with this recording, I'm actually gonna text her to be like, "Do you hand make ice cream? Because like if you don't, then I could certainly see she should start going up. She should definitely. I feel just like she has before. She's definitely food. made ice cream oh. before. I mean, this girl made so. her own ricotta. Like, yeah. who does this? It is just something different. Yeah, for, certainly. Yeah. For sure. Um, I mean, I feel like she talks about it like it's such a simple thing to do. Like, oh, yeah, you can make your own ice cream. Here's how you can do it, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, actually, that's actually not how simple it seems for the rest of us. Um, but yeah. certainly for the talented um, culinary folks, it's just like, sure. You just like put a few ingredients together and boom, you have like a whole like meal. Yeah, it's awesome. It's the boom, pow, pow. Yeah. You know? Yes, for sure. So, like, we were having all of these conversations, you know, catching up with the girls on the weekend, and, you know, you caught them up on your um, journey back into dating and all that stuff. Um, And I want to talk about this whole (laughs) dominant submission uh, discovery that you've been having, because it is hilarious. Um, (laughs) And I'm just going to, like, leave that there so that you can, you know, open this on up. Well, I mean, I think let's talk a little bit back, of backstory, right? So, yes, I am a woman who has a career where I am responsible for a lot of things, right? I'm responsible for leading people. I'm responsible mm-hmm. for developing teams and being the problem solver, the answer to all things in mm-hmm. my career. And mm-hmm. I love that career, and I love the power that I wield. I love the decisiveness that I need to have. However, for probably the last five or six years, maybe, I have been very adamant about being in a personal relationship where I don't have to have that level of decisiveness. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be the person that wields the power. I don't want to be the person that is dominant. So I've developed this theory, which... First was about me, and then I decided oh, that theory. all women must have the same theory. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, why not? And the theory uh-huh. is that every woman wants to be submissive in a relationship. Uh-huh. What prevents uh-huh. us from being submissive are men who fail to be dominant, or they fail to give us enough trust and belief in them as leaders for us to allow them to be dominant and for us to truly submit to them. But I think the goal Mm -hmm. for women is still to be submissive. And I still stand by that. I still stand by that is a basic need for women. What I learned further, by and large, generalization, I will say, say, I'll make it general. There are probably women that are on different ends of the spectrum Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. probably think, you know what, I don't want to be submissive, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. totally fine. I'm talking generally, I think this is what most women want. Yeah. Now, here oh. where, here's where the problem comes in. Oh, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, um, what I realized as I, like, I'm, you know, we've had this conversation many times, and what I'm noticing in terms of how I want to frame it is that I don't know that I go into dating situations like I am leading with my most submissive side of my personality. 
but I am wanting to interact with someone who is a strong leader, right? So it's like in my current relationship, like I love the fact that Anthony is a leader and he can stand on his own and he has his stuff together, et cetera, et cetera. And I always say like, conditions have to be created for submission. Like submission for me, it's merely an understanding that someone at some point in time might have to, what should I say, um, have a softer approach, a gentler approach. You might have to take a step back. It might have to be more nurturing. Um, it's not like, you know, as mommy would say, like, oh, my God, you're being, like, forced into submission. And it's like, hell, like, no, it's like a very loving, healthy, like, mutual exchange. And it's not just that women are going to be doing it, but also that, I mean, there are different points in time where men are also going to need to submit, right? Like, you're having a fight, you're having something. We can't all both be going at 100 miles per hour at the same time. Like, someone has to be fire, someone has to be water, and those things are in flux. So. Yeah, absolutely. The submissive dominance conversation is a conversation Mm -hmm. of ebb and flow, right? Like there are going to be instances where I need to submit and there will be instances where the person I'm dating will need to submit. And then there, Mm -hmm. when you think about that in the grand scheme of things, there are things that I might be better at um, versus he might be better at. And in those instances, we have to find those moments to submit. So, what I have learned is that I am not as submissive as I thought. So I love this, this is where the you. problem comes in, right? So <laughs> in this theory that I've developed over the last few years, I'm like, yeah, every woman wants, uh, wants to be submissive. And I am naturally a submissive woman, I thought. Because I thought for sure that my career personality sure. was very different from my personal life and my social mm-hmm. personality turns mm-hmm. out that's not the case turns out turns that out. <laughs> turns out turns that out. the person that i am at work is very similar to the person that i am in my real life go figure <laughs> who would have thunk it <laughs> so that's the struggle that i'm having right now as i re-enter the dating pool Because what's happening is that because I have manifested this dominant man, now I'm (laughs) dating a dominant man who is extremely dominant. Like he, and it's not necessarily that he's screaming from the top of his lungs that he's dominant, but everything Mm -hmm. that is him is dominant. Like he Mm -hmm. speaks in a dominant way. He expects things of me. That says that he is dominant. When we talk about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, our goals and where we want to go in life, it is very much from a he is the leader of the household type of perspective. perspective. And I am very much of the mindset, or at least my actions are, well, you don't actually get to make all of the decisions. And what right. I'm learning is that that mindset in and of itself is not submissive. So... <laughs> I'm learning that, but what's happening is that we're having a ton of friction, right? Like, we're having a ton of friction as we navigate this new dating situation. Um, And I I would be lying if I didn't say that I absolutely love it, right? Like, I absolutely love the friction and the conflict that we're having because it causes us to move through the conversation and the conflict and get to the other side. 
Um, mm -hmm. And it also challenges my own notions of who I am um, or who I've believed myself to be <laughs> for years. So I, I love this. I'm a complete mindfuck right now, right? Like, it's like, wait, this is who I thought I was, but am I this? But I want to be this, so how do I get to this? Because it's still important yeah. to me to be submissive. Like, that's a thing for me. Right. I mean, you know, as people listen to this episode, I just, you know, like, I have to say, for people out there, they have best friends, they have best friend-sister relationships, and it's like, you know when you tell somebody, like, you know, this ain't really you, bro. It's not really you. And they're like, no, 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 this is most definitely me. It's like, uh, okay, sure. And I remember, like, in other words, I've told you this, right? Like, and from the time that Anthony and I have been dating, I was like, babe, she, like, really does believe what she's saying. And you are very self-aware self person. Yeah. Like, you are doing the work, you are doing the stuff. And I'm like, she really does believe that she is like this, you know, I am so submissive. It's like your whole, like, relationship elevator pitch. Hi, I'm Tanya. I am looking for a dominant man because I am a, such a submissive woman. And I'm like, it's such a great pitch. You mean it. You totally meant the I words. Do. You were just far off. I do yeah. mean it. But here's the other learning, right? Um, right. And I know this sounds like the craziest thing, right? I'm 36 years yeah. old. I am continuing to learn things about myself and continue to challenge myself, which is really one which of is great. my life mantras, right? Yeah. Yes. So what I have learned is that my definition of being submissive is different from what it actually is, right? So what yeah. I Give thought... Give us an example. Give us an example. Oh, yes, you're already going oh. into it. Love that. No, I'm here, friend. I'm a submissive woman. As a Westinian woman, we mm -hmm. are taught to cook, to clean, to serve our men first. We... You know, we serve Some of us, his yeah. food, we ensure mm -hmm. that it is completed, we iron his clothes, we make sure that he is taken care of. That is yes. West Indian culture. Like that's something that we learn um, mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. kids, as women. The men in yeah. the family will typically be outside doing whatever the heck they do. And the women mm -hmm. are taught to take care of the household, taught to take care of their men, etc. Now, some of us do walk away from that. However, that mm -hmm. is what we are taught growing up as West Indian women. So to my mind, right. I'm like, I do all of these things. When I'm in a relationship, right. I make sure that my man is taken care of. Like, he can have anything that he wants. Um, you know, within reason, asterisk. So, right. so, right. so that is what I said. Well, I'm submissive, clearly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where the problem is that I'm not as submissive when it comes to conversations or disagreements or conflict because I am very much the person who goes, I actually need to put you in your place. Like, I actually yeah. need to make sure that you know that you are wrong in this situation. And here are all of my examples for... <laughs> Right? Like, I am that person. I am the person who follows up. I'm the person who's going, oh my God, okay, so I asked you to do this thing. You didn't do this thing. When are you doing this thing? And that's my work personality coming out and ringing loud and clear. And that is not as submissive as I would want it to be. 
Well, that's not submissive at all. It's actually just not submissive at all. So So what is hilarious, definitely. I mean, and the first step is always like in the, you have to first like know the thing to be able to know what you need to work on. So like you're in the, it's like so hard to set a discovery stage because it's like, really? How did you miss this? But the rediscovery stage, right? A reawakening, you know, the light is being shined on this in a different way. And you're like, oh, wow. I'm like looking at it with fresh eyes. And here's what I'm seeing again for the first time. Um, That said, it's funny when I listen to you talk about like your work personality, because it's like as if your work personality is the other. It and is. it's like, is it is it really the other or is it really the core? That is a great question, right? So how I see myself, right? I am someone who is super positive, Patty. I'm a ton of fun. I have a lot of energy. You know, I'm very smiley, happy, like all of those things. It's not work. I can give some of that, right? Like I can give some of that energy, but there's a cutoff mm-hmm. point. Like there's a it's cutoff point where it is now business. Like there is now yeah. things that I need you to deliver that don't right. come with the smiling, happy, bouncing off mm-hmm. the wall, mm-hmm. Tanya, right? Mm-hmm. And right. I don't necessarily have that switch in my personal life because I'm also a person in my personal life who's like, Everything is happy. Like, it's sunshine and rainbows. Like, we're not talking about the negative things. I don't need to get too serious. It is what it is. Whatever. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what life is about. So, to me, that is the other. Um, The issue is, when I compare my work personality to my personal life and my social (laughs) personality, there is a lot of crossover. And I didn't notice it until I got back into the dating pool in the last um, month or two because, honestly, and just to be super transparent and frank, I haven't dated someone that has challenged me in this way. I have not dated someone that has been this level of dominance. More dominant than you. More dominant than me. Right. So Mm -hmm. I've been in situations where... You know, I'm like a little spoiled. It's like, I want to do something. I want something, whatever the case is. The person that I'm dating is like, yeah, sure, whatever. So I mm-hmm. still kind of got to be the boss. But it didn't mm-hmm. mean, like, me, you know, pounding my chest or, you know, yeah. being what I thought dominance looked like. It was just me saying, mm-hmm. here's what mm-hmm. we're doing. Here's what I want to do, whatever. And he at the time would say, yeah, sure, whatever you want, babe. Catering, yeah, they would be very catering. catering. Yeah, yes. And in this situation, this man is literally saying, "No, we're not doing that. Here's what we're doing instead." (laughs) You know, right? So it's it's interesting. It's an interesting adjustment because I want to pound my chest and stomp my feet and be a brat about it. Um, Mm -hmm. but I also realize in doing that, it really doesn't matter. Like he don't care if I stomp my feet about it. Right. He's made this. Does not matter. I mean, and I also, like, in this scenario, I'm just like, I don't know that you're really, you're not being a brat. Like, I, I wouldn't say, like, you're being a bit coy about it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there will be times for brattiness, but I think that there is always this, um, 
when you're getting to know someone, like you want them to respect and understand where you stand on certain things. Um, and you want to be like very clear about like, this is what I'm about. This is what I'm not about. And you're like yeah. very much like that person where it's like, yeah, like you're, you're easygoing. You'll go with the flow, but it's like, actually with this thing, this is the standard and this is the expectation. Um, yeah, and I sure. think like more often than not, like in, in previous dating experiences, like, as you said, you have not had that personality who was matching you on the other end where they're like now in disagreement or like just like personalities that are more disagreeable in nature. So it's yeah. like now they're like very oppositional. So it's like, well, actually, this is what's happening. And then you're like, well, actually, no. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of or I should say there is that learning curve of like, when you're getting to know someone and you know, like you're getting to know who they are truly from yes. the beginning in this situation, it's like everything is at a hundred, like in terms of um, transparency, energy, everything. Um, so it's a lot to like process and it really causes you to look inward. Cause you're just like, Oh snap, how am I reacting and responding in this space? and here is what I'm seeing. Right. One of the things that it does make me think about is that old adage where, we, where they talk about the man being the head of the household, but the woman being the neck. And it makes mm. me think about the amount of tact that a woman needs to have in order to guide that man who is the head of the household. Because in mm-hmm. this situation... Mm-hmm. Yes, he is dominant and he is the leader of the household and the leader of the pack. And I am mm-hmm. 100% down for that because that's what I want. But mm-hmm. I need to be able to influence and to guide and to be tactful. Right. And there are right. going to be things that need to go my way. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it cannot be going my way in an I'm dominant type of way. But rather... It's going to go my way because I have tactfully influenced it to go my way. And that's the piece that I'm still learning. And I think it's essential, mm-hmm. right? Like for all women to kind of figure out this balance, even if you're not someone who needs a dominant man, like there are so many things in life that we need to be tactical about and influential about. And it's not necessarily mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. always clearly stating an intention, but rather influencing um, through your intention. Yeah. Well, to your point, it's also about how do you use and leverage different types of skills and different types of responses. In other words, there are different ways that you can influence. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it is by having a bigger voice, a bigger platform, and then sometimes the influence is a lot more subtle. Sometimes the influence is about how do you help someone to, as I call it, like self-discover. And what does that process like look like? Um, And I I think that uh, like we're in this time and space where the idea of like softness and gentleness is sometimes just not practiced in the same way. And we could call it different things, compassion, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that especially in... Um, I mean, just living in the time and space that we're living with, like emotions are so high, like emotions are so raw. So much is happening and processing in people's minds 
And so you you have to like add that filter going into dating situations. And I think that it might, in some instances, cause people to be more on the defense. And defense yeah. might show up as more, you know, protective of oneself and more oppositional and more, you know, like you have a guard up and you want to be extra cautious. And those kinds of behaviors sometimes can seem like hard or harsh or difficult, which mm-hmm. I think sometimes in people who are more like dominant, you would see those traits a lot more often. Um, And sometimes it's like the exterior and the other things that's happening under the surface, but sometimes it's people protecting themselves before they can allow for you to have access to this softer space. Um, And to, you know, bring up a word that you used earlier, it's about the trust. It is about, like, really being in a trusting, loving, healthy, nurturing, um, intimate relationship where that can happen. Like, there is a shouldering of vulnerability, and that goes, like, both ways. Um, And it's very delicate and complex stuff. Um, I mean, for Anthony and I, like, Anthony also has a dominant personality i'm also a dominant personality i can have like a lot of flex and i can be submissive like when i have to but as you know like we've had conversations where it's just like okay you are fire i'm fire we we can't be fire at the same time like someone needs to be fire someone needs to be water and sometimes like you know backing down from those moments like and we know what it is sometimes it's ego sometimes it's hurt like it's other stuff it is difficult sometimes when you have to like hold your tongue and be like no i'm just gonna gonna let this one go yeah i'm just gonna let this one go because it's important to let it go and for the for the what should i say the betterment of the interaction the all around purpose of whatever we're trying to do i'm gonna just need to like let this go and sometimes it's harder especially in situations where you're just like this person's bugging like why do i gotta be the bigger person right but it (laughs) i know that would have resonated with you but it doesn't matter sometimes like who's right who's wrong what matters is how are we resolving it how are we co-partnering to resolve it Yes. And, you know, in this situation, I just find it really interesting because generally I regard myself a person who can very easily default to being the water in, in conflict. That's your sign, no? That's my sign. I'm a Pisces. Like, I go with the flow. Right. Everything's very flowy and, you know, we yeah. just kind of mold ourselves and we are adaptable to many situations. Right. We can shape shift quite a bit because we're water. So for me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. usually I'm able to just get there. It's usually like, all right, this person want to be in their feelings. They want to fight. I don't want to fight. I'm good. So I'll just be water and I'll adapt to the situation and we're going to be good. Mm-hmm. What I'm finding is that there's so much passion in the dating scenario that what's coming up for me is fire and fire and fire and fire. <laughs> <laughs> And I can't access my water all the time. 
even though hilarious usually my default so it kind of goes right. to what you were saying around the trust piece right so yep. for me i have to get to a place where i trust enough that i can just get back to my default of being adaptable and water mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. i'm in a place where i don't trust yet so my wall is up and i'm like you're getting nothing but fire so i'm gonna fight with you you know, I don't like what you said. You don't like what I said. I'm not going to back down. And then we just have crazy fights. But I need to trust in order to get to that submissive place where I want to mm-hmm. be and where I believe right. myself to naturally be. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm a work in progress for sure. <laughs> but I've had some yeah. good learnings. Some really good learnings. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm very curious about how people are going to think and respond to this on the socials because it's such an interesting question, right? It's like the people who we think we are and then the people that we actually are in dating situations. I mean, particularly for women, I think that dating sometimes, we do have to like bend and shape shift and do this and do that. Um, And you want to be able to like enter a dating scenario, like showing up truly as who you are. But there's also... The understanding that when you are interacting with other people, there is some give that has to happen, just naturally. Like, it's it's yeah. going to happen at some point. So it's like, where do you find, like, the balance in that, you know? And it's like, if, if you're a dominant person and they're a dominant person, like, how does that go, right? Is it going to be a lot of headbutting all the time? Or is it going to be, you know, a challenge that you love? Is it going to be a challenge that feels dreadful? I mean, what happens when people are both more passive and submissive? Submissive, like, how does that work? Like, if you're passive and I'm passive, like, what does that look like? Like, how do you have no fights forward? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to butt heads about. Like, you're just move along. Just like roll along. Nothing is affected. But I'm. I would wonder if if you're someone who's more passive and there's someone who's more passive. It almost feels to me. And obviously, this is because of my perspective, but it's like, how do you get very attached when you're naturally someone who thinks very detached in a detached way? Yeah. Like, if you're, if you're both passive, like, what does that really look like in terms of, like, emotional investment? Yeah. It's an interesting I mean, question. I think the passive people would say they find a way to get connected because they're not having all of this conflict all the time. Because they're able to easily move past what might have been a conflictual situation. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not one of those people right now. So I can't really speak to that experience. It's the right now. It's the right now for it's me. It's the right now. But what I will tell you, what, as you said that, it made me think about where when you start a relationship and you have brought your representative, right? Mm-hmm. So as much as we try not to bring this representative and the early mm-hmm. starts of parts of our relationship we mm-hmm. can't help but to right like we want to show up as our best selves we want to show up as who we think we are and as time goes on that representative goes away and when i think about mm-hmm. submiss- submissive people versus dominant people like you believe you're submissive right and that's who you present but then mm-hmm. as you continue to have these interactions with this person and different situations come up, like some of that submission kind of goes away and who you really are is coming out. 
Or it could happen right. on the flip side, right? Like it could be mm-hmm. you're showing up as super dominant, but then as you have more interactions or you even fall in love, like that dominance probably also goes away as well. And you can find more mm-hmm. moments to be submissive. So I think, you know, dating is a tricky place, right? It's like, like who, yeah. really, who are you showing up to be in this moment? Are you truly mm-hmm. who you think mm-hmm. you are? Are you truly who mm-hmm. you say mm-hmm. you are? And the goal is for us to continue to discover along the way and adjust as we grow. And it's cool because I haven't been challenged to really confront my theory on submission until this moment. Um, right. And it's been some interesting findings. It, it definitely is some interesting findings. I mean, the biggest one being that you now recognize that you were like, oh, I had been theorizing this this whole time. Now oh, I'm yeah. now I'm learning. <laughs> now oh, I'm yeah. learning that, like, in practice, I'm showing up like as this. Um, yep. When I listen to you, like, there are two other thoughts that were coming to mind. One we will have to flesh out in another episode, which is how people feel about the idea of submission. I mean, it was interesting when we were having that conversation with Mommy and Auntie Ardith, and we were talking about submission and. I naturally thought that as women who are in their later 50s, that they would be all about it. Because I feel like these are lessons that previous generations, right? Like the women of like the 60s and the 70s and whomever else, like women who are born in that era where you are used to having more traditional relationships that the idea of submission would be something that I don't know, people were more comfortable with. And I would Mm -hmm. imagine that more modern generations of women would give more resistance. But to our surprise, they were so resistant to the idea of submission. And obviously it's important to note that these are both two married women, married over three decades, and they were like, absolutely not. And it was like, wait, what? That was pretty interesting. I think where the concern was was more on the word itself. <laughs> I think right. Vita and artist both submit, and they'll probably kill me for saying this because they hate the well, word, but hate. they do submit, but they don't want to use the word because the word has a negative connotation in their mind. For them, mm-hmm. it means to be forced or compelled in some way. To mm-hmm, do things mm-hmm. that you don't want to do. Right. But it's yeah. more about what we've been talking about where someone may have X talent and I have Y. I allow for them to leave me in mm-hmm. talent. And right. the same thing can happen on the flip side. But the use mm-hmm, of the word mm-hmm. the biggest issue was. But I did find it the biggest issue. For sure. Certainly. Yeah. There's a cultural implication, there's an in, there's a generational implication, and God knows what else, but I found it like very, very interesting. Um, the other thing is, you know, that you and I have been talking about is how you've been relating to this, this thing of like conflict, right? Um, and it's very funny, like, tonight, hearing you talk about it with such open arms. I mean, obviously, like, you and I have, like, arguments, disagreements, and we're able to, like, resolve, etc., but... This is generally something that you don't really do with people, especially like men that you're dating. So now to be in a scenario where it's like, what? Like we're having all of these like challenging conversations and moments and it's, 
it's pushing you out of your element. I mean, in a previous podcast episode, you distinctly spoke about the fact that you kind of avoid conflict or you like will step back from it or whatever the case may be. Like you don't just like leap into it in the same way. And now you're just like, oh, okay, this is what the shits are about. I'm here for it. Yes. It's feels unhealthy in a way if i'm honest <laughs> because it's something right. that is so foreign to me like i like i said my default is to adapt to the situation and walk yeah. away from the conflict because i just don't want to be yelling and screaming with anybody and i don't want right. to have these negative interactions and negative feelings with folks mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. i'm learning on my journey is mm-hmm. as i want to be more vulnerable and as I want to feel more things and as I want to have more relationships of depth I have to feel the things and I gotta go with the feelings on the things right when I feel the things (laughs) so in in this instance it's it's way easier for me to just walk away it's far too Mm -hmm. easy in fact for me to just walk away and the challenge actually excites me. The fights excite me, as unhealthy as that right. sounds, because what the fights are doing for me is they are allowing me to really feel all the feelings that I'm feeling in that moment and mm-hmm. allowing for me to explore all of the feelings that I'm feeling without mm-hmm. remorse about the things that are coming out of my mouth. Because the things that I that are coming out of my mouth probably things that I mean and probably things that I really need to say um, Mm -hmm, whereas in the mm -hmm. past because I didn't want to fight I would hold on to those things and I just move on right it's very interesting I mean you know like I think um, like fighting is one of those words that I mean it sounds very aggressive like nobody's trying to do that I mean but if you were to just break it down to simply what it is is that you're having a difference in opinion you're having a disagreement with someone and it's like in any sort of human interaction, you and no other person on the planet is exactly the same. So there's going to be a, yeah, like there's going to be a difference of opinion. There's going to be different point of views. And it's like, how do you go about navigating when there are misunderstandings, navigating when there's friction? It's like, sometimes that path is going to be like, okay, we're having a disagreement. You're kind of getting more in your feelings, or maybe you're not, but we are having some sort of clash about ideas and now we have to sift through it yeah and i mean the good thing about when you can do that is that you if you do it productively and if you do it effectively you're getting to places of greater understanding right like if you and someone are having a a disagreement of some sort most of the time it's like okay what am i getting from this what are they getting from this where did we go wrong and if one can be open and if one can be vulnerable and if there's a space to be trusting, there's a lot to be discovered, but also it's more difficult, right? Like, and there are times yeah. that people just don't want to deal with that. If you're not in a time and a place in your life where that's something that you've done the work to be able to like navigate those kind of conversations, like it's difficult to enter those moments with the level of openness that you truly need in order to keep pushing forward. Yeah. Um, and 
I mean, you know, we could we could go on and on about this, but it's very it's very interesting and exciting, like thinking about like this journey for you. I'm just like, oh my gosh, how you are in the space of I am feeling these things, and it's like, but I'm not used to feeling these things. And when you yeah. say like unhealthy, it's like, is it unhealthy or is it different? Yeah, it's probably different. I think because of the connotation of the word fight or the word argument it feels like if i'm doing that so frequently this is healthy Mm -hmm. but the truth Mm -hmm. is what's healthy about it is that i get to explore the feelings right and i get to express the feelings that i'm having as opposed to walking Mm -hmm. away from them or feeling like i need to adapt to a situation without fully expressing the things and that is that's the part that is unhealthy when you don't express the things that you want Mm -hmm. to express Mm -hmm. um and i think for me I want to make sure that I'm not taking the easy path when it comes to relationships. And as I'm in this new Mm -hmm. dating space and jumping into the dating pool, it's probably far easier for me to find someone who is more similar to me or is like super similar to me in the way that we conflict. And that Mm -hmm. can just be easy and we don't ever fight and we just are super passive and brush things under the rug. But I've been there. I've done that. I got bored. So now I need to be able to explore the passions and the expressions that I have because uh, that's what I want. I want to be able to find that depth and I want to be able to continue to challenge myself to grow and figure out the submission versus dominant things, but all of the other things as well. I'm still very much in a growing space. Ooh, yes. The challenge is on, my friend. The challenge is on. I'm definitely so curious to hear how people are going to feel about this. Um, You know, that's it for us, friend. Um, Thank you so much again for listening to another episode. Um, You can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Two Girls, Few Thoughts Pod. Thanks for joining another episode of Two Girls and a Few Thoughts. Have a good night.